You're listening to the Forefront Church Sermon Podcast. Forefront Church is a progressive Christian community more interested in asking good questions than having all the right answers. Thanks for listening. everyone. My name is Vinita. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm the teaching pastor here at Forefront. Um, big shout out to our virtual community uh, worshiping with us from all over the world. We are so grateful that you have taken this time to join us. Um, and we made it. Today is Marathon Sunday in New York. Um, and uh, it's wonderful to see so many people have uh, made it out um, in person. What a blessing it is. So last week, we highlighted fear as being one of the nine characteristics of white supremacy culture. And we're going to continue in that same vein. Uh, We are just coming off of uh, election day here in New York and certainly metropolitan area all throughout the United States. And um, it's been a very interesting election season, to say the least. Um, But New York has elected uh, its second African-American mayor, and um, that's a big deal. Uh, I'm from the state of New Jersey. Not too sure if we have a governor yet. I think they're still counting ballots, but anyway, (laughs) hopefully we'll know for sure tomorrow. Um, But it's been a very interesting time, and with that, we are going to have a conversation about the politics of fear. Um, We know that um, there are many elected officials that attempt to use fear to sway voters, right, in many ways. Um, Vote this way. If you don't vote this way, your life will be ruined, right? And really trying to put people in fear to get them to vote a certain way. And then there are so many aspects of fear that um, we confront in our life um, on a day-to-day basis. Fear of rigged elections is a real real thing. Um, As it relates to vaccination requirements, there's a fear of requirements and certainly a fear of not having requirements. Fear of overhauling police departments. Fear that women do not have the good sense or the Holy Spirit guiding them as it relates to making decisions that would impact their own bodies. Lots of fear out there. And then it's interesting as it relates to fear, because fear is usually coupled with what ifs. What if, right? And usually, as we rehearse these what ifs in our minds, the fear continues to mount. What if I get fired? What if I get sick? What if I become financially insecure? What if I can't buy that house? What if my children don't get into their best school? What if I don't get into the school I want to get into? What if no one listens? What if this progressive thing is the wrong thing? What if, what if, 
what if? And if you're like me, you've had some what ifs in your life. I can think about a couple what ifs I had as it relates to my stance on affirming the LGBTQIA plus community and being intentional about, this, about centering the lived experiences of women and people of color. What if my friends will judge me? What if I will lose friends? What if people look at me weird? What if people think I'm over the top? What if people distance themselves from me because I'm that person? And it was hard. And I could no longer let fear dictate my life, my, life, my decision-making, and my actions. And I had to hang on to hope as I deepened my faith regarding all of these issues. And yes, all of the things that I feared and all of those what ifs if that I had actually came true. Lost friends, people distanced themselves from me, people still think I'm a bit strange and over the top. However, I would err on the side of loving people, helping people heal, helping to lift people up and elevate people through the precious love of Jesus Christ. I mean, the reality is fear restricts us. It confines us. And if we really keep it real, fear actually separates us and it causes us to lose focus and to really sort of disregard the value that having hope can have in our lives. Our actions do not have to be controlled by fear. We can lean into hope today as we navigate our various experiences and the complexities of life. It seems, though, at times, this is extremely hard because as it relates to fear, it seems that it's easier to go to fear as it relates to our actions rather than moving to hope. And we want to be able to think about how we can change that. But as it relates to fear, a little bit of fear, they say, researchers say, actually protects us from danger. But too much fear can really, really cause us harm. And it can actually lead to mental illness. However, we can look at the power that comes when we embrace hope as the driving force behind all of our actions. So let's look at today's text. It's found in Exodus 1, verses 15 to 22. And it reads, The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shipra and Puah, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this? 
Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrives. So God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile. But let every girl live. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the setting today is in Egypt where the Israelites are enslaved and they're under great oppression. And even after enslavement and brutality, the king at the time felt that the Israelites were becoming too great in number. Exodus 1 and 7 says, But the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly, multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. And this king of Egypt became very concerned, and he thought that the Israelites would overthrow his people. So some would argue that out of political fear and racial hostility, he devised yet another plan to reduce the power of the Israelites. So he approaches two Hebrew midwives, their names, Shipra and Pua. Not a story that I really remember too much growing up. So I am super excited about lifting up this story today of these women. Shipra, meaning beautiful, and Pua, radiant, splendid. And these women were considered to be midwives, the birthing women. And we know that midwives are very respected and used quite a bit today for assisting women in labor and delivery. These women can be referred to as mothers or heads of the Israelite midwifery guild. (laughs) And they received these instructions. You need to kill the male Jewish baby boys and keep the girls. Can you imagine this scene? Can you imagine their reaction? The request is coming from the king, not just any person, the king, a person in position of power and authority has given instructions to these women, these midwives, women, certainly those who did not hold the same power as men, let alone this leader. So now, if they did not comply with this particular request, they could have been brutalized, they could have been killed. This was a big deal. This was a fear-provoking situation. They could have been afraid. 
They could have been gripped with fear and they could have allowed their fear to overtake them where they decided they wouldn't even devise a plan. But they didn't. These women trusted in God. Their faith was not in Pharaoh or Pharaoh's warriors. Their faith and their trust was in God. Biblical scholar and author and seminary professor, Dr. Wilda Gaffney, who's going to be on one of our podcasts in the coming months, sets the stage for this particular scene. In her book, Womanist Midras, a reintroduction to the women of the Torah and the throne, Dr. Will Gaffney uses her sanctified imagination. Has anyone ever heard about a sanctified imagination? So coming up in my faith traditions in traditional black churches, Pentecostal and Baptist, and a lot of other Pentecostal churches, and a lot of other churches, they talked about this sanctified imagination. It's how the preacher envisions this particular text. It's the creative, spirit-filled, if you will, liberties that preachers often take as they exegete or pull out meaning from the text. And Dr. Gaffney uses her sanctified imagination to create an understanding of this particular scene. And I, and I love this. She says, hundreds of women come to the place of Shipra's tent. Many bring daughters, granddaughters, and nieces whom they are apprenticing in the profession. And there is talk, shop talk, women's talk. And shared experiences, they talk about new techniques, herbs to stop bleeding, herbs to bring on labor, teas to increase milk production, ways to limit pregnancies. Finally, Shipra speaks. She tells them Pharaoh's words. The women gasp, some mutter. Some shout. Some of the children are frightened. Shipra and Pua shush them and call for calm. Shipra begins to prophesy. God has brought our people a mighty long way. And I don't believe God has brought us this far to leave us. Do not fear this Pharaoh or his warriors. Shipra takes her seat. And now Pua speaks. This is what we shall do. Deliver the babies. Hide as many of the boys as you can. Raise others as girls. Do not worry about the Egyptians. They will not come house to house to check on women. They cannot imagine that we would defy the Pharaoh whom they revere as a living God. The women came together to strategize. They worked together to devise a plan. They decided 
that they would not be controlled by fear, but they would let hope control them. Hope in the possibilities of what could be if they attempted to save these boys. Their hope was in God. And they worked together to present, prevent a genocide. They worked together as co-conspirators. And they said, guess what? They're not going to think that us women would devise this type of plan. Do not worry and do not fear because this is what God is encouraging us and leading us to do. So the entire scene that we see happening is the scene of courage and strength. And then as the Israelites continue to grow, Pharaoh summons them and says, what happened? What did you do? And they just made something up and they said, you know, as it relates to our women, they sort of kind of, they deliver quickly. There's nothing we can do. We can't help this situation. And then ultimately, Pharaoh uh, put out this charge to all the land that everyone was to throw the baby boys into the Nile and what happened was this scene set up the stage for the birth and rise of Israel's great deliverer, prophet, leader, Moses. And I am so impressed today by the courage of these powerful women. And I believe their story can be a source of encouragement for us as it relates to whatever things in our lives cause us to fear. God, through the power of the Holy Spirit working through us, can allow us to move forward with subversive actions in order to dismantle systems that would kill dreams and access and opportunity. God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can help us have hope so that we can be involved in the birth of something great in our own lives and in the lives of others. Our actions need not be governed by fear, but of hope. Because as I repeated last Sunday, and I'll say this Sunday, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Do you realize that the what ifs can be attached to hope as well? What if out of this scene, a great deliverer comes from it? What if through our prayers, through our interactions with others, people are healed, people are restored, people are renewed? What if we just try? We might succeed. What if we decide to start a progressive church? Maybe people will come. Maybe people will be affirmed. Maybe people will be able to deepen their faith. What if? 
I encourage us, I challenge us to move from fear to hope and allow your what-ifs regarding hope to move you forward in your decision-making, in your relationships, in your interactions. During this year's presidential inauguration, some of you may remember that one of the inaugural gifts was a painting. Um, And our uh, first lady, Dr. Jill Biden, um, helped in selecting this particular painting. It came from the Smithsonian African American Museum. And the name of the piece is entitled Landscape with Rainbow, created by Robert S. Duncanson. Duncanson was of European and African American descent. And he created this oil on canvas in 1859. And he was one of the most successful African-American artists of his generation. And even though he was a great artist, and even though he was a great painter and very, very well-known, he struggled with challenges. He feared for his life. And he was in Ohio living as a black man, and he and his family were in danger. The Civil War was going on, and there was a lot of anti-black racism happening. And what he decided to do was take his family to Canada so to, to save them for protection. And it's important to note that he developed this piece to depict Hope, even though he was in the midst of very scary and challenging circumstances. And I would encourage us today to say that in the midst of our scary circumstances and circumstances that would evoke fear in us, we can still see that rainbow that is depicted in his peace, and we can always have a ray of hope no matter what we are going through. And another thing that gives us hope is being in community with each other, encouraging with each each other, lifting each other up, reminding each other of all of the many ways God has brought us through in the past, recognizing that God will continue to bring us through. Todd, my partner's Grandmother, his paternal grandmother, would always say, as she looks back over her life, she would say she was able to get through situations because it was nobody but the Lord bringing her through. And I would encourage us to think about all God has done for us and all God will continue to do for us as we hope and trust in God. In Dr. Gaffney's account, she shares the prophecy of Shipra. God has not brought us this far to leave us. And I would encourage us to think about that during challenging situations 
when you need to have hope, think about that rainbow being a ray of hope and know that God has not brought us this far to leave us. And the people of God said, Amen. Thanks for listening to the Forefront Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Forefront and how we're ushering in the next 500 years of Christianity, visit ForefrontChurch.com.